0: This episode is brought
1: to you by Slayhouse Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with Slayhouse Litbits, uh Slayhouse Lit uh, Publishing. Man, present- you I really need to write this down. every freaking time. <laughs> every time. Every freaking time. And you um, made the name. I did make you the name. You named it. Slayhouse Publishing presents that, Lit Bits. Can it be a tongue twister if you created the tongue twister? <laughs> like... <laughs> How say, anyway, this is uh, this sounds like a branding problem. <laughs> we, sh- we
0: should have done the market research.
1: <laughs> well, it was like Podbean or one of them or Anchor, whichever one I'm posting to, said, you know, we recommend you shorten the name. I'm like, oh, really? You mean I get it wrong every time I say it? <laughs> yeah, we're recording too late. <laughs> um. Yeah, you guys know what we are. You've seen the logo. (laughs) Here's our new episode. Uh, Yeah, this is Jeremy, and with me as always is Curtis and Trevor. And, well, Trevor always, and, you know, for the past few episodes, Curtis. So he's our he's recently.
0: uh, He's only been absent for one episode, but now he's a permanent member of our cast. Now
1: he's actually got a mic. And today we're really, really excited to welcome Karen Huff, uh, who is uh, the author of Ground Control through Lights Out, Inc., and she is also one of the editors here at Slayhouse. So we wanted to kind of uh, do something a little different for this episode. We wanted to do an interview with Karen, and just kind of get to know her a little bit better, um, and just have a little conversation. So, hey, Karen, welcome.
2: Hi. Thanks. Nice to be here.
1: Nice to have you. It's I know you and I have talked numerous times, but this is your first time with the Wayne Howard Studio guys and with. Uh, mm-hmm. like your second or third time with trevor I so. think
0: it's just the second time second yeah. time we've yeah. corresponded just yeah. just very like a small amount ha-
1: I've seen your tweets I've seen yeah. your tweets back and forth so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um yeah it was uh, what was uh, this is really fun I um I bought Karen's book right ground control to mm-hmm. to read it to talk about today uh which i I absolutely loved. Um, But as I was reading it, um, you know, I was talking to my wife about it and she was like, this sounds like a really good book. And I'm like, yeah, that's because it's a really good book. Um, She was like, isn't, isn't he like a really big name? And, and I was like, well, you know, Karen's a she, um, (laughs) for for one thing, believe it or not.
1: (laughs) I bought a copy also. And I did one of your, I was one of your arcs. So, um, one of your arc reviewers. So, and I really liked the book too. Um, why did you, I guess let's start there with that because of your your wife's confusion. I know it says on the cover, K.A. K-A Huff. Huff. Yeah. So why did you choose to go with just your initials instead of like your full name? Oh, <laughs>
2: um, well, I, I don't know if you've paid attention to social media for the last few years, but um, I have been given the worst name on the planet. Uh, so <laughs> self-identifying as Kern is just a... It's not an option right
3: now. Um, it, it'll pass, so I think.
2: That, that, is actually, that is actually why. Um, wow. It's uh, Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: I, they, thanks, Mom. Yeah, so they couldn't have known in the 70s, um, but that happened to me. And uh, so I'm, I'm fighting the good fight against being a Karen. Um, and I tried a whole bunch of, of different nom de plume, and my husband, like, he put them all down. He's like, that's not even a real name. I'm like, I know, but it's still better than... <laughs> the name
0: was so, so what what were some what were some of the alter alter oh, dear, yeah. that, that you really wanted to go in? I'm really curious. Okay.
2: Um some turned out to be actually really inappropriate, but I, I didn't know
0: and So he <laughs> Are they like he has, he has this well he has a um
2: he has this kind of knowledge that I I don't. And so when we watch movies, he'll laugh at something <laughs> And it'll just be uh, it'll be a, he's he's like, I can't believe they, they said that as a, as a joke, that's so dirty. I'm like, Well, I don't know what that means And he'll look at me, he's uh, he'll say, Don't Google it And I'm like, Well, <laughs> well I don't know what do these things are So um, but so there's there a few that I went through, uh, but so that I tried to combine like my first name and my middle name and I had like uh-huh. Callison or Carison and <laughs> And he was just like, just, 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 no,
0: it's like, no, just, it, just
2: use your name. I'm like, oh, like
0: no. Renesmee from twilight or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I had a spreadsheet of gnome de plumes and uh, yeah, he, he <laughs> that feels put like, them all down.
0: That feels like such a Karen thing to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's Such a you thing to do to, to have like a, a spreadsheet of, of like, all, like potential names that you could use. I love that.
2: So, yeah. So anyway, so that's why I went with, um, just my initials and yes i, mean, <laughs> I like it i, I,
0: like I it. do too i mean i i think jeremy you did the same thing with uh you went with jr billingsley right? yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. i've i think I, I don't know i think there's some kind of that ambiguity of the, that adds a little bit of ambiguity to the author and i think it takes away some kind of i don't know maybe i'm getting too meta about this but like it takes away some of the maybe biases or preconceived notions like a potential reader might have mm. about Yes, um, about, <laughs> about the a book.
2: book written by Karen. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a yeah. book by Karen. No, mm.
0: and, and yeah. I think that's an interesting point too, right? Like when publishing things, I think that we worry a lot about the marketability of a name or the marketability of, of something. I know, you know, mm. in, in like old timey times, like... Putting a woman's name on a book meant it wasn't going to sell well, right? So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: so you'd have them either write under a pen name or, or they would, you know, use their initials instead. Because I think there's a, a kind of, I don't know, at least traditionally, kind of a masculinity in using mm-hmm. just initials to publish something, All right? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what the Brontes did.
0: So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's correct. That is. Yeah. I. Uh, in
2: theory, we've come a long way, but.
0: Yeah, I hate the Brontes. I'm just I'm I'm just throwing it out there. us <laughs> no, no, how you really feel? Trevor. This is a this is a true story. Like, uh, I, I had a, a really bad encounter with Jane Eyre in in high school. Right? Like my my teacher in high school. How do you
1: have a bad encounter with with a book? Uh, you know, and you, ha- so you like have she, like trapped you in the bathroom and pantsed you or something. <laughs> you <laughs> know what, Jane <laughs> Eyre? <did that. laughs> Jane Eyre.
0: She, she charged in. I was like, "Who are you?" She said, "I am Jane Eyre." And she she pantsed me and she and she Give ran a swirly. off. <laughs> it was it was terrible. <laughs> She's got a record. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but troubled my troubled individual. Yeah, my my high school uh, teacher was just a she. She was a lunatic and and she'd say read Jane Eyre and I, I and I was like, "All right." I'll I'll read I'll read this book it's not my thing um, and I read it and and you know I, I would I, as with everything I read everything for kind of like the the beats I, I read for you know kind of like the the emotional arc the thematic elements uh, and she was like one of those like no you have to if you if you don't read closely then you're not reading uh, and so on all of our quizzes she would ask stuff like, what is the color of Jane Eyre's eyes? I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I so since that them. point forward, I've been like, to hell with the Brontes. Like, they can all just burn for for what they've done. To
2: so, I I had this not this not quite the same experience with um, being pantsed by um, by Atwood <laughs> <laughs> uh, by Jane. Eyre. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in high school, we I, I don't know if it's required reading at all in in the U.S. But in Canada. Margaret Atwood is, she's considered a god. She's she's incredible. Like her her story, like her background of her own upbringing is just phenomenal. Um, And then the books she's written, they stand up. They're they're amazing. Oh yeah. Um, But when you're forced to read a book in high school, it's never the same. And so Mm, I read, we had to do The Handmaid's Tale, of course. um, And I never quite got behind it just because it was required reading in high school. And then I finally went back to it. I'm gonna say four years ago, I was I was in a library and I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. fine, I'll pick up an Atwood book." And I I didn't pick up that one. I picked up like Orcs and Craig, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. And I read it, one. and I was
2: like, "Oh wow, this is this is really good." And then yeah. so I went back and I picked up another one and another one. And then I took her master class, and oh, wow. Like, "I have, I have really like I've, like I spent 30 years avoiding her writing because of high school, and that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of a shame." So I think you should give.
3: The All right. I to agree. my credit, to my
0: credit. I, I taught an honors world Sold. lit class here at the, the university. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in my honors world lit class, I, I, I purposefully left a whole unit open. Um, and I said, w- you know, we will read what you want to read. So so, uh, you know, kind of as this class project, I said, um, I, I want you guys to come up with like, you know, f- who is an author from this time period that you would like to read? And uh, and the only ones that got any votes were the Bronte sisters. And I think that was maybe because I said anyone from this period of time except the Bronte sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally. And yeah, so naturally. So the whole class chose the Bronte's we did it we, we did a unit on on the Bronte's. And so I <laughs> I, uh, I actually went out to read some of their um Kind of collected fiction because the, the Bronte uh-huh. sisters, like growing up, they they created this shared universe that they wrote in, yes, and yeah. uh and and they they inhabited it with you know poetry and, and fiction and it was just kind of this weird sprawling mess of uh like storytelling, and I cannot express to you how bad a time I had. With oh. <laughs> I was like I was like trying to pull it together to be like, how am I going to teach this? Like, what are we going to talk about? Um, it was such a, a weird experience. I, I ended up giving the book away to the, the one kid in the class who was like, <laughs> I love the Brontes. And I was like, all right, this, <laughs> okay. is, this is for you. Here, I, here I you go, know, Lucia. I don't know you if that can works. Have it. Like,
1: when Karen revisited her despised, you know, author from high school, She went to a good work of art, and and you went to like potentially like one of the worst.
0: Right? Yeah, I I found their children like the the stuff as 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 a kid. Maybe I should go read. uh, uh, What's the Wuthering Heights? Maybe that's what I should read.
1: So, Karen, you said you grew up in Canada, but you've had a couple of well, at least one big kind of kind of well, no, not that big of a move. It wasn't that huge, was it? It was. (laughs) Oh no. um, It's only an ocean. (laughs) It was only an ocean. It wasn't even (laughs) the biggest ocean. Like, Pacific's bigger, isn't it? (laughs) That's true. We chose a small ocean. Not even the biggest (laughs) ocean. (laughs) Um, How was it? You moved from from England to Canada. So how long had it been? So how long had it been? How long had you been in England before you moved back to Canada?
2: We were there for four years. Okay, so that's um, relatively short. Not long, but yeah, but long enough to put down roots. Um, Mm. It's. It's the second longest amount of time I've ever spent in one place. So that's, I guess that's telling. Um, Four years? Yep. Oh, wow. So um, my dad was in the Navy, and so we moved around every two to three years when I was a kid, Mm. um, right up till, I guess, high school, grade 11. Um, And so we just would change houses, we'd change cities, change schools. And so when I met my husband, um, he was – he had this job opportunity, and he's like, oh, he's like, I'm thinking about taking this on. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm used to moving around, so why not? And so we, we got married and moved out west in Canada to um, Medicine Hat, which is a small city in Alberta. Um, and we were closer to his family, and it was a six-hour to eight-hour drive to get to his family. And the, the neat thing about moving to England is realizing how big a country you actually from. Because I had no idea how big Canada was, despite having mm. lived literally coast to coast. Um, in I've driven through every province. Um, I haven't been to the territories yet, but it's such a huge, huge country.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: when we lived in Alberta, the six-hour drive to visit um, to visit my in-laws, it was actually faster to fly there from Ottawa, where I live now. When we moved to England, it just it seemed so simple because we're like well it's it's a six hour flight from london to ottawa Mm. and it's a six hour flight from ottawa to vancouver so it just kind of put in perspective of how big how big canada is and how big the world is um so it was it was a strange a strange time a strange move um because i just expected it would be the same as any other move to a to a new city (laughs) um my my mindset was that like we're still technically kind of a colony so we speak the same language, we still have... places, like,
3: <laughs> like we spell
2: no. color with the U. like we're, we're just <laughs> the same, there shouldn't be a big transition. Um, and so it was a huge culture shock when I got there because everything, as anybody else would expect, is, mm-hmm. is completely, well, slightly different, but every little thing is slightly different. Yeah. Um, and just the vocabulary to, like how, how to use a bus the side on the, the sidewalk you walk on, the fact that they call sidewalks pavements which
0: right yeah
2: still confuses me um oh, wow so it was a big transition and that was four years um and then when we found out we were moving back we asked for an extra year because um the pandemic we thought shouldn't mm. count um so we like <laughs> that, that year didn't, that didn't we shouldn't have that one so i don't think that year
3: counted you
2: for anybody <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah exactly like a yeah. Mulligan. So, but
2: they wouldn't let us <laughs> stay but uh yeah so um so yeah so we we lived in uh in a flat for four years and it's Half wow. of one of my kids' lives is spent there, and uh, Fantastic. yeah, so it was yeah a big a big change to move there. It's it, it does feel like coming home to come mm. back to Canada. Um, so
1: so oh, is that is that what a journey? Is that something you prefer? I mean, I moved around a lot as a kid um, as well, but I like like that you know solidified within me that that desire to have like a permanent home and like roots and that sort of thing. Is that is that how you feel or like? Do you like the nomadic I lifestyle, think, or do you prefer? Like, do you like where you are now? Or? I
2: I love where I am now. Um, so this this is our forever home, in mm. quotes. Um, it's it'll it'll take forever to fix it up <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> uh, oh, is that what that means? So, um, <laughs> well, you know, it, we,
0: the, the Canadian house, housing market is pretty rough right now, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yeah. So we luckily we bought this. We had just moved into this neighborhood. Um, the, the last house we lived in before this one. We lived there for six years. So that was my longest, longest time in one spot. Mm. Um, and so, we bought this little house. It was a bit of a disaster. It wasn't a great neighborhood. um We bought this house, and within six months, Chris came home. He's like, "Hey, how do you feel about London?" And I'm like, "Um, <laughs> just that we're just in this great house, and the kids are out running in the street and having a great time at the dead end, and..." I've got a fireplace and a glass of wine, and this <laughs> this isn't a good time. We shouldn't go. Um, and I had just got, I had just signed on for a, an amazing job at, at work, and I was just like, well, this, mm. like, no, you know, like any other time, I would have followed you happily, but this this isn't it. And he's like, well, um, let me move. <laughs> we're moving to London. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, um, so luckily, we um, we decided to keep the house, so we rented it out while we were gone. Oh, awesome! So we were able to come back and have a place to live, as opposed to. Like living in a tent because yeah, the housing market is oh, wow. absolutely insane.
1: Um, mm. so, so, so your your yes. m- your main character um, also has a big move in the in the in the book. Yeah, I was gonna say the the like thematically <laughs> speaking, yeah. right? <laughs> is yeah, there, is there parallels? <laughs> or, or <was> what? That... <laughs>
2: um, so yeah, so there, I, I was obviously I was going through some stuff when I started writing it, um, and I don't want to do any spoilers, of course. But um, what I when people read it or when they start. I, I i always say well i wrote this book and it's not completely autobiographical so it's it's right. not but there are <laughs> elements of my own life That like the things that i thought about things that kind of worked their way into the story mm. um and then obviously once you read it there are some quite severe left turns that like have not happened to me i
0: to I, I was floored by Probably a couple shouldn't. of those uh, like like yeah. legitimately i was i was uh I started the book. I like the first thirty pages or so. I felt were were a little slow for me. Like it, yep. it's an adjustment yep. period, right? Like because yes. I went in expecting like this like laser pew pew sci fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the, that's what we expect, you know, from from a genre perspective. It's like you know, mm-hmm. it's very grounded sci fi. It's it is, and 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 I think that this is like the best kind of sci-fi oh yeah absolutely. Um, yes. which which we can get into but you know i went in with one set of expectations and that that first 30 pages i was like this is this is good but this is not what i was expecting um, mm-hmm. you know from a, a science fiction novel and, and you know i had to go through that that period of adjustment and kind of like gearing myself up for that kind of a story which is not always the kind of story that i read and then after that point forward, I, I sit down or I sat down to, to start reading it. And I, I, I found myself by the middle of the book just like completely engrossed. Yep. I, I couldn't put it down. I, I just it, like, I stayed up late into the night being like, I just, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm like really invested in this character's journey. Um, but yeah, there the, the were a couple of. of Points when uh, I knew I was really engrossed because after something happened, I, I had to like put the book book down and go for a walk. I was like, "What? Oh. <laughs> what did you just do?" Like, it, like it Shake felt it, like, off. it, it off. felt like you just you know like ripped the rug out from under me, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like it was so de- I I felt so bad for that character. I was like, "Oh man, she, like she's going through a lot right now."
1: <laughs> so before we go in any further into it though, real quick, Karen, do you want to kind of give a an overview of the book? Kind of Tell our listeners what what it's about.
2: Um, sure. Well, again, a, lo- a little bit inspired of my own um, <laughs> giant move across the small ocean. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the story of a, of a woman who has she's followed her husband. Um, like when when they met, she she knew who he was and, and what kind of person he was. Um, he's ambitious and and driven and brilliant, and she just kind of tagged along after him. And his his job was number one, so they moved every every year, too, to different opportunities. Um, and as he moved up the, the ladder in his bio, biology research, um, the next natural step would be to go into space towards the new Mars colony. Um, and so the the book opens with him coming home and saying, this is it, we're going to Mars. And she's just like, I I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't think I want this. And so the, um, the slow start is her kind of, going back and trying to figure out like if she wants it if she can handle it it means leaving leaving everything leaving her parents all her friends her job that she's again just just started to excel at um so there's definitely life parallels um and so it's it's her focus on leaving leaving the planet and what she needs to do to stay i guess sane and human as she starts this whole new adventure that she has no no expectations, no ideas yeah. w- about what's going to happen, um, and then, I guess, finding her place and trying to, trying to figure out who she is and what she needs to do to survive in this new reality.
3: How's yeah,
2: that? awesome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so.
0: I think what's really interesting about that summary is like you you really hit on. Most of the the kind of thematic beats that make the story work so well right um, being a, an avid reader of science fiction um I know we talk about horror a lot on this uh, you know the the show and at least in this first season um science fiction is really my home though like yeah. that that's the that is the genre that that would be my go to genre um we see very little science fiction though about kind of like the near future um in terms of space travel and and like you know what that kind of means for right. for humans and we spend <clears throat> excuse me we spend even less time i think thinking about what it means to to transition from being in uh, you know an an earth person uh, to to being mm-hmm. a martian you know like we're 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 so kind of set and comfortable in this idea of what our, our society looks like, but we don't necessarily think about, you know, what happens when we do get to Mars. You yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah. lo- like what what does it mean for those people who are going to take that journey, a- and what do they have to go through emotionally to be, you know, kind of ready for that that right. kind of a trek? So this this book, I think, what I loved so much about it was that um, it really was unafraid of looking at at this woman's journey and looking at the the identity that she had to reconstruct for herself in order to be ready for this, this, uh, mission.
1: Yeah. What I like about it, um, Karen is the, I mean, what you did with this book as far as blending sci-fi and I feel like it had a, it was elevated to high literature because of your, your character work. Um, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's that great blend of, of literary and genre, which is what I want to do with, what we want to do with sleigh house. I feel like is kind of what we're looking at. So I, I, in some ways I wish sleigh house would have existed back then when you, when you were at out because <laughs> I would have published it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and you said that, I mean, I feel the same way as a writer. Like, um, you know, you don't want to say that the book is totally autobiographical, but there are pieces of you in, mm-hmm. in the story. Um, and then I've heard others, like I went to, to, to get my MFA. I've heard other people from like my, my MFA program say that it was, you know, as expensive as graduate school was, it was cheaper than therapy. So, (laughs) so there's a lot to be said for writing for cathartic reasons. Um, But where's that blend for you? Where is that? Like, where does it stop being autobiographical or how do you know for you as a writer, what you put into like the story or what you need to like put yourself into the story or into which characters are, or do you know kind of what I'm asking?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I, I identified with the situation. I didn't identify with the character. Um, I, I, so, as I was writing it, it started out as a, a nano project, so a 30-day oh, blitz.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: and then at the end of it, I went back and I then I read a whole bunch of books about writing novels and publishing, <laughs> and and all these things that I probably should have done beforehand. Uh, and I was like, okay, so. My, my main character needs a flaw because so I just wrote written her as like, she's this victim. And then I went back, I'm like, okay, well, well, this is all from her point of view. And so I, she, so she she is clearly not me and the choices that she's made are not ones that I would, um, purposefully make. Um, but there, mm. there are parts of me in it that I didn't recognize. Um, people that know me well who are just like oh my gosh sarah is you i'm like no she is not she's terrible <laughs> and they're like no she's not and they're like oh and uh and her husband and, they, and i'm just like well you know like it's that's not my husband <laughs> and so so i, I defended the, the kids the kids in the book are um, much more easy to handle than my own children so it's there's yeah. a lot of things that i try <laughs> i try not to to put in but then i did, i actively pulled out um the characters that i wrote i would some of them did start out as people that I knew or I I would picture in my mind as this character is based on this person, like physically this is what they look like. And then Mm -hmm. as I wrote them, they evolved and they changed so that they were more, um, not generic, but they became their own people. Um, so yeah, so I, I I find that a challenge (laughs) because my mom, when she read it, she's just like, she, like every chapter she'd send me a, little comments by email i'm just
3: like oh geez and she's like and the parents i'm like those
1: parents are not you guys so it's um... I, I have had that yeah. same conversation with like literally everything i've ever written like all the short stories and and books and stuff i've worked on i've had the same conversation with my parents like my mother would read yep. it and be like oh well now in this story you do this i'm like mom that's not it's me. not me that's so not that
0: me. is is that something that just happens I th-
1: it sounds like that's a pretty. It sounds like it's pretty universal to authors. I mean, I'm going on a small sample yeah. size here of two, but
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe even across a lot of different art forms. You know, an artist creates something, and then everybody who sees it, reads it, listens to it, whatever, they try to come up with these ways to link it right back to you as the person, and that's yeah. not that's often not fair. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It, it. I mean, there's an interesting conversation to be had. I think. Um, yeah, it just surrounding like you know how much of of someone's work is them.
2: But there's also yeah. there's also the whole Right what you know" um, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: matter. And I I was writing one recently, and I was like, eh, like it's it's fine. Where is it going? What's this like? Why why do I care? Like, and then as I went through, mm. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm not writing a story about a twenty three year old person who's recently graduated from. I'm just like, because <laughs> because no offense to the twenty three year olds out there, but. I don't care anymore. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't. I can't write a believable twenty-three-year-old. I don't think because mm. I, I'm not. I can. I can look back and I can have memories of the shenanigans yeah. I got up to then and the adventures that I had. But I can't. I can't invest. In, yeah. in that right. Now. right. And, so, and let me say,
1: right. and let me say, thank you, Karen, because normally it's either Trevor or I that's offending a certain population in one of these podcast <laughs> yeah. episodes. So well, you're welcome. The honor yeah. goes to you this today. So thank you.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Twenty-three year olds, get out of our yeah, audience. It has to happen at least once. we even like write down like what's uh, yeah. who's <laughs> the audience this episode? Who's is being alienated? Yeah, <laughs> today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, So
2: I had to I had to rewrite it with. A, a character who is older and I'm not saying like as old as I am that i I had to change them to be in the thirties. because I was like that's that's yeah. closer that's more in my more me- recent memories <laughs> so,
0: yeah there, there was yeah. A, a a conversation on Twitter uh, like in the the writing sphere of Twitter that i that I tend to follow um where they were talking about like the age of a protagonist right and 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 how often we see the age of a protagonist like constantly being like, Somewhere in the mid, their mid twenties, like it, you know, to have a protagonist who's out of their mid twenties, like suddenly they're ancient, right? Like there's, right. it seems like <laughs> right. there's no real. It, it's always like a, a, a struggle to to build a protagonist who isn't super young. Um, the recent Hawkeye show, right? For example, like right. you have Jeremy Renner, who. I don't think he's that old, you know. I think he and he's I are about the 50. same age. I think he's close to 50 or something. Yeah, so, yeah. They, like, he's in his 40s or whatever. <laughs> but they, they treat him like, you know, like he's just ancient in this program, right? right? And he and he's with this 20-year-old co-star. Uh, and it's just so weird to me that I'm like, you know. But a, a is that dude, a movie thing, though? Because you can see their faces? Does it matter more in the movies? Because, you, you know you're seeing maybe not I, I just think how- it's it's weird that like you know we have this like 40 something protagonist in this yeah. show and they're treating him like oh he's just he's, he's pat, just... you know he's dog shit now you know like <laughs> he's, he's he's got no hearing left he's old like it seems like there's only ever a real story about like you know someone who's like already super old or <laughs> right. you know they you know they treat like anything over the age of 40 is just like ancient right. and i think that's well,
1: weird i can say
2: that's a- I think it's refreshing that they're doing it to men now. Because uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. that's what
2: they've done to women forever. <laughs>
1: Oh, I agree. I just if, hate if, that if it's coming. we want to of... go there,
2: which we don't. <laughs> yeah,
1: we can go there. If, you know, yes. like and Karen, I agree. I just hate that it's coming at my time, and I'm also getting old. So now it's like yes. they're treating them <laughs> <him> like, <laughs> like that, hey. and then I'm there, and I'm like, oh shit, you know? Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, in my brain, I, I feel like I'm still, you know, only twenty or something like that. Until oh I meet, my gosh, yeah. until I meet an actual twenty-year-old, and I'm like, you fucking child. Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes yeah it's, I, it's, I had a crisis
2: i was just about to turn 35 and this this was not last week but um, <laughs> I was just about to turn and we had i was playing ball hockey um, with some friends on in this league and we went out for beers after this we always do and they're like so what's new i'm like i'm like man i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 35 next week they are like holy cow and i was okay with it up to that point and then it just hit me like like a slap across the face that in my mind at that point i was like in my mind i'm 17. Right, and, and not only am I twice as old as I think I am but I'm only going to be twice as old as I think I am for another week and oh my god and my friends with me they're like, they're like I've never seen anyone go from, hey we just want a game of ball hockey too whatever that was <laughs> so quickly
3: <laughs>
2: but uh, yeah it's, and then I, I think well if we're talking about like, aging it's, it's interesting to me to think back to my parents and how old I was when my parents were my age and how they mm. must have also don't take this through. I'm like, they must've also been people at <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that yeah, age yeah, and gone no. through the same things and had the same, same. Cause when, when I was little, I remember when my, my friend's dad turned 40 and we we're just like, Oh, 40, that's, that's insane. <laughs> and people that they've, they've never lived. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I guess, I guess I had that all gone.
3: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: my mother, um, kind of unknowingly as a, a gift to, uh, like her children, she she started to keep a diary um, when she first got pregnant with me, and mm-hmm. and like you know kind of tracked all of her experiences through um, having her her third kid, uh, my brother. So, I, I I finally sat down and and read these diaries. Um, I, I don't know, I, maybe twenty five or something like that, and I was just so astonished, you know, to think like here's my mother who really just. Did not know what the fuck she was doing. Right. And like, yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and really had to struggle through it. You know, stuff like, like I fell in a, I fell down a well one time. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a, that a real thing. And Classic. you're fine. It was fine. It was not very, was not very deep, uh, <laughs> you know. But no, but it's <laughs> just.
3: <laughs> it's yeah, no. It was. Mostly it was, it was just a, <laughs>
0: mostly an experience, you know. It was, was, it, there it was, call was there a Was No, mind? no. But but in my mother's in my mother's uh, journals, she <laughs> or in her diaries, she's she spends no, she like legitimately she spends all of this time all of this time talking about my sister for this whole entry like and just like the weird intricacies of trying to raise my sister and all of her weird you know kind of personality traits in comparison to me and and you know, she's like really marveling at how different my sister is, and then the entry closes and Trevor fell in a well today. <laughs> so there's that. that. That's it. That's that's all the brain space she yeah. like, dedicates to that. It's so funny. <laughs> You'll get your own speaking, page later.
1: Yeah. Speaking of all okay, right, inside joke time. Speaking of intricacies, um Trevor <laughs> <Yes>. said that <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, Trevor said that, uh, that you had some idiosyncrasies in your book. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys want to talk about that for a minute?
3: I, yeah, I, I, I want to should, talk
1: about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I should probably my fingers. Explain my what I my think fingers them. type what my not what my brain thinks. Like, yeah. I'm thinking idiosyncrasies, and I type intricacies, and I'm yeah. like, well, they both start with I am. so yeah, and they're both cool words, and they're both cool yeah. words, and yeah. they make me sound smart. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I mean, so there were just, just some things that, that I kind of noticed as I was reading the book um, that that. Uh, impressed me in, in different ways um, you know I, I always go on goodreads to read stuff I'm gonna preface this by by saying like I, <laughs> I I read a lot of Goodreads reviews not because I am really interested in like following certain reviewers or anything like that I just like to know like what's what's kind of the the pulse on this book what do right. people think about it and I, I ran across a one star review. Um, of this book, of of this woman who like didn't even finish it, and she was like, um, "This is not the science fiction I was expecting," and I, I just thought it was so funny because she she like admit she gave it a one star review, admitted she yeah. didn't finish the book, and, and I I kind of scratched my head and I was like, what. What science fiction are you reading? Because again, pew, like beer. I know, yeah, I, th- I think it's the pew pew lasers that she was yeah. reading, and there are no lasers in this book, and so no lasers. No. Yeah, I think she was really pissed off about that, and, and I'm kind of like, man, talk about like missing the forest for the trees there. Yeah, um, but, but, you can't, think, but you can't have I think, science without lasers.
2: Um, a review like that is helpful though, because people can look at it and be like, okay, so this isn't a hard. Like pew pew science fiction, oh, right. so yeah. I think that yeah. keeps it keeps the the not the wrong audience away, but people that like that won't read the book and then won't review it badly because it's not yeah. what they expected. So yeah, yeah. I so, think a helpful thing.
3: so it just
0: got me thinking of like what what are some of the things that you do in this book that that maybe you know people don't necessarily expect or or um, you know because I I think there's a a a conversation I want to have with you about. Genre and genre writing in general, but but before we get to that, you know, some of the the idiosyncrasies of your writing that I found. Um, so, for example, like your characters drink a lot of tea. It's it's like tea or wine, <laughs> and I, I I thought that was a right. Yeah, I've got my Duchess Grey in my my <laughs> coffee cup too, so I totally understand the impulse to, to drink. I had wine on the
1: way here, so you know. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on the way. <laughs> He's, like, guzzling it down from a box, really. Box yeah,
1: in car. <laughs> a funnel with the convertible top down. And he's, just... got it, he's got it rigged up Wayne's
0: World style. The way they had the licorice coming out of yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, you know, so um, that was something. I, it, it seemed like if and if you ever needed uh, your characters to do something, it was like wine or tea. Like th- those were one of the, the two activities that I saw. Um, I also found your your characters were like really supportive of one another. Yeah. Um, which I thought was like, in retrospect, I was like, "This is very utopian." Like, I go to to science fiction for the the utopian vibes, right? Like, I'm I'm constantly looking for like a society that isn't necessarily ruled by uh, the the tenets of market capitalism, right? right? And like, yeah. So, like, can we envision a space that that you know is maybe more equitable or more utopian in in its longing? And this was one of those books that I felt like, you know, every character in this book is super supportive of um, Sarah on her journey. And even if Sarah herself is not necessarily the greatest person, you know, like she's got she's got baggage. She's got skeletons in her closet. Right. Um, She makes some very, very questionable choices that I think (laughs) can really um, impact, you know, whether negatively or positively the, the people around her. And, uh, and yet even as she's struggling through this, she has this whole community around her who really, um, support her, right? Like, like they, they really yeah. kind of put her first, um, throughout this novel. And I thought that was, you know, one thing that we don't see a whole lot of in a lot of fiction and, um, no, and yeah, yeah I, I feel like, you know, again, like readers coming into this story and, and looking at these characters might feel like, ah, you know, this is, there's just no conflict here. And it's like, no, there's so much conflict here. It's just not Mm -hmm. conflict arising from people being bitter toward one another. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, that's like a lot of the movies you watch and like a lot of the books and there's, there's always, there's always a bad guy. And there's always somebody who's got this motive that they're trying to damage everybody else for whatever reason they, they give it. And in life, it's not always a bad guy. Sometimes the situation itself is the mm. bad guy. Um, and I am, um, again, like in, in all of my moves, it's amazing. The people you find that are the, they're, they're just, they're just there for you and they're mm-hmm. understanding and they're kind. And it's either because they're just like deep down, really amazing people that I've been lucky enough to find, or they're people that have gone through the si- same thing or similar things. And they're just mm. like, you know, like a, what you're going through sucks. And, and I'm a shoulder mm. to cry on. So it's, um, yeah, I don't think there has to be like, well, like, it's like interpersonal conflict exists, mm-hmm, um, right. but I don't think there has to be an antagonist that yeah. is a, a physical person. Right. Um, yeah. And I try to tell my kids like when they when they watch movies or watch shows or even their interactions with the kids at school, it's like everybody is the hero of their own story. and that was kind of when I wrote to Sarah, like she to her mm. she's the hero of her own story. and right. so, the lens that she she's that she sees people with is is not necessarily accurate. And I don't know right. how I, I if I had a chance to go back and and do it again, i would I would fix a few things to make it more clear that it's her lens that we're seeing things through, not right, not not reality. Um, but, yeah, like I think it's I think it's important to yeah to take a look at things like, like it's it's not that life is out to get you. It's not that this person's being. yeah mean or it wants to see you fail. It's just sometimes the situation really, really sucks. Yeah. And right. You I, you know, I, yeah. And you just
1: have to muddle too. Karen, that's an absolutely wonderful point because that's something I try to instill in my, like my uh, creative writing students is that the antagonist does not have to be a mustache twirling kind of villain. <laughs> it's simply, yeah. you know, everyone yeah. has wants and needs and sometimes the wants and needs of one person conflict with the wants and needs of right. the other person. And that's how we get yeah. that. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to your credit, uh, Karen, I think that Sarah is um, I I think she's a a really three dimensional character to me. Like one of the things that that I found, again, interesting about the story is like I I did feel at times that some of the other characters were more one dimensional um, than Mm -hmm. than Sarah was. But I also like the more I read, the more I realized it's because Sarah is not as reciprocal in mm-hmm. in what's going on with them, right? Um, and since yep. she is kind of the narrative focus for us, um, so mm-hmm. much of the book is kind of preoccupied with with like Sarah's preoccupations, uh, to yeah. the point that she, you know, she doesn't really grapple with any of the things that that some of her other friend, friends are going through, <laughs> right? Like, no, like no, there's she's, a no, yeah. she's she's got like a friend who's going through a divorce, right? And and um, as she's you know like reflecting on that, she's really not. Not dealing with that. I, I thought it was an, an interesting, again, an interesting character study. As much as I was invested in Sarah's journey, I was also kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know how much I would want to hang out with <laughs> Sarah <laughs> yeah, so yeah. much, you know.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I, I I get that. No, she I didn't um, when I started figuring out who she was. I was just like, ooh, and I'd be like, I'd be going to bed and I'd just be like, oh my god, and I'd I'd say what I figured out about the character because I'm. <laughs> Yeah. I, the, the discovery writer the pantser that I'm just like oh I have no idea what's going to happen and I was just like holy crap and my husband's just like oh god what now I'm like and then she does this and he's like what <laughs> and then and then he checks and he, he's like but I'm not the husband I'm like you're not the husband this yeah. isn't, <laughs> <you>? oh. <laughs> isn't me this is but um, yeah no she's yeah because she's at, at first read like she's she's the hero but as you go through she's mm-hmm. only the hero in the fact that she's the main character um, right yeah and she's yeah, just, but again yeah. she's been
0: but, and like a lot of it is wrapped up in her identity making, which I think w- makes for a really interesting journey, right? So, so kind of circling back around to uh, talking about genre a little bit. Uh, you know, this is a science fiction novel. I, I think it's it's either science fiction or speculative fiction. I you know I I kind of tend to use the terms interchangeably, but I think you know speculative okay. fiction is is like we we kind of. Think about what would human society be like under different circumstances, right. and and so yeah. you know your your circumstances I think are just kind of projecting out maybe a couple decades uh, to mm-hmm. to where this would be possible, um, but it, you know in in a lot of the conversations that w- that we've had in the past, um, you and I, and also some of the stuff that you've written about writing this book you know you you kind of don't consider yourself like a speculative fiction writer or a science fiction writer you you would consider yourself a different kind of writer and i know that in writing this book you you said you were kind of embarrassed about like you know there's a spaceship <laughs> in this book you know you were kind of embarrassed about being associated with with genre so so kind of digging into that where do you think you fall with regards to your relationship to writing and elements like genre
2: ha <laughs> Um, I'm gonna say, like, like all other authors of today's day and age, um, I defy genres, um, and that's not okay. That's it's an unpopular take, but um, when I wrote it, it it accidentally went into space, and I had to figure out how to how to make that work. Um, so I didn't want to write a pure science fiction novel because that's that's not the kind of thing that I that I read. Like I, again, I read a lot, uh, a lot of different things, but I wouldn't choose science fiction as my favorite. Um, speculative fiction interests me. Um, and the whole way this one went was, like if it's near future, even if we're on Mars, even if we're in a spaceship, we're all still humans and we're gonna have the, the jealousies, the fights, the betrayals, um, all the human condition. And again, it doesn't have to be a bad guy or a, like a space monster or laser guns. Um, but I, I, I was I, I was never intending to write a space story. Um, I also don't like the term women's literature. So that <laughs> cuts me out of um, women's fiction. So I, like, it cuts me out of a bunch of different things that I, I choose not to identify with science fiction or women's fiction. Mm-hmm. And then my editor is just like, okay, but we have to market this somehow. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I, I found it, it's, it's a tough balance because it definitely doesn't fit into traditional women's fiction because people mm-hmm. are like, well, I don't really like science fiction. I'm like, well, it's it's more than – it's it's yeah. not just science fiction. It's a woman's story. And then there's the science fiction fans that can't get through the first 30 pages because they're just like, well, this isn't exciting. I'm like, wait for it, <laughs> wait for it. So <laughs> right, it's, right, right. Yeah. yeah so I, it's, it happened by accident. Uh, I'm happy with how it turned out. And the writing that I've done since then, they have the same kind of um, – speculative fiction futuristic Mm -hmm. aspects that it's it's still it's still people it's still humanity but not in the world that we know it and it might be a future earth it might be a different planet it might be whatever it is but it's it's exploring that because that's that's going to be a reality sooner rather than later and we're going to have to like we're going to have to be and like we're not going to have the societies that we have now we're not going to have communities or the outside space like it's things are changing on our planet, and <clears throat> if we stay on the planet, if we find a way to get someplace else, but I think the 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 human stories <clears throat> are what I want to tell um, in the midst of the changing landscape. Like yeah. does that make sense? Yeah so yeah, yeah so I don't no, know if, it, it does that, I, I,
0: so. I you know I, I mentioned earlier like I, I I think this is the best kind of science fiction because you know I think what ultimately fiction should do is explore the human condition right to to explore the, the kind of circumstances that we find ourselves in. Right. And I think that what is so great about speculative fiction or science fiction is that, uh, you know, more than any other genre, I feel it is very concerned with, like, what is the human condition and, and and how do we continue to exist as human beings going into a future, right?
1: Karen, you said earlier that when you wrote this, you wrote it for NaNoWriMo, but then you started reading, like, writing and publishing books after you wrote it? <laughs> yeah. So, what's yeah. your background like? Is it? Do you have a background like writing? Like-
2: um. Oh, well, not <laughs> technically at that time, no. Uh, so, I um, I studied human kinetics in university. So, um, like physiology, anatomy, um, personal training, like pre- exercise performance, that kind of thing. Um, and so, when I graduated, I got a job in a gym and I started. Working as a personal trainer and did fitness competitions and worked with bodybuilders, and that was fantastic. And I swore to myself that I would never ever work in an office job. If I had to go to a job that I didn't have, that I couldn't wear sweatpants to, that I didn't want it. Um, <laughs> so that that's made actually 2020 and 2021 really nice. So <laughs> um, so so I, I did that. But after a while, I was I, I burned out. I was working long, long hours, uh, it was mm. too much. And so uh, I said, fine, I'll, I'll find an office job. And I got a job as an admin assistant um, and typed and filed. And my boss would give me documents that I'd have to put onto letterhead. And I'd look at them, I'm like, you know what? Like, If I can just do a few little tweaks and edits. And every job I had, I, was, I became the last eye in the office. Um, so mm. as we moved around, as I took different jobs, we get. I worked um, at the Privy Council Office, which is, our, I guess, the the highest department to the Prime Minister uh, in Canada. And so, all the documents that would go up to him that would come through our office, everybody would pass them through me as the final eye. Um, mm. So my dad was. We call my dad Captain Grammar. He's <laughs> always corrected how we speak, how we write. If you send him a text message with a misplaced comma, you hear about it. Like it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amusing. It's fun. And we'd be at the office, and somebody like, well, well, what about this? And how? I don't know which sounds better. And I'd be like, hang on. And I'd pick up the phone, and I'd have people look me in the eye, and like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm calling my dad. Just hang on. <laughs> and they're just like, you don't have to call your dad. I'm like, no, no. He loves this stuff. Uh, and so, <laughs> if he didn't know waiting. the answer right away, he would call back in half an hour, and he'd have the whole background with, like subordinate clauses and all the stuff that I don't I don't know the, the words for. So, it, so in, in that sense, like it's um it's part of my part of my heritage. Uh, it's is loving words, loving grammar, um, and loving it when it's done well. Um, so, that was that. So when it's done good. At some point, we moved away
3: from Ottawa. We moved out to Medicine Hat. Um,
2: I was newly married. We we're starting a family, and so I started a blog so I could keep in touch with my friends and family without having to send emails to all of oh, them yeah. uh, I, was, I wasn't on Facebook it's so, so convenient. I was like well I'll just start yeah. this Yeah. <laughs> so, so people will be like what's new and I could just say don't you read my blog <laughs> um, so, so over the years um, like, I, I kept Kay, it and just is, like you're saying about
1: that is so wonderfully antisocial I just I, I love I it, <laughs> it like, I really vibe with it for sure you can <laughs>
0: find that online yeah, yeah.
2: yeah was like when you have questions you can ask me follow up questions about the content of
0: the blog but, now um, you can say don't you listen to this podcast like, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's
2: right. Yeah. Single <laughs> link. So, uh, so I, I would write these things, and just like your mom did with the, keeping the diary, like it's it's actually, I'm actually really glad that I've kept it because I can go back and look at, like what I was going through when my kids were mm. just young, when yeah. we were like on the prairies and that kind of thing. So it's it's been great. And my my lovely aunt, one of my lovely aunts, she um she leaves comments on it all the time, and she just be like, you should write a book. and <laughs> like, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I <think> then as you year's
0: Go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to interrupt with a joke. I think it's really nice that you say one of my lovely aunts uh, because, you know, otherwise... Your aunts would probably start fighting about who's the lovely one. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of them. Yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your aunts can hear this. I'll give a shout out. It's my aunt Chook, and she's lovely. But she's oh, just, okay, oh, yeah. she's like, you should do this. I'm All like, the okay. other aunts,
3: go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll get to you later.
2: <laughs> and so I was just like, okay. And that get, that got in my head, and I made the mistake of saying out loud, yes, I will write a book one day. And <laughs> um, and that, for me, is how a lot of things have happened, a lot of really good things yeah. in my life have happened, a lot of challenges is I made the mistake of saying it out loud and then thinking (laughs) like like, like, in my mind there's somebody yeah there's there's accountability and so when someone's like what you going to and I'll be like oh and so I (laughs) that's how I got into competitive fitness. Um someone said, Did you say you want to do that? I'm like Yes. And so I ended up training for fitness competitions and um like almost (laughs) any challenge that I've done in my life was me accidentally shooting my mouth off about it first and then someone coming back and saying didn't you say i'm like damn it so so that's how the writing happened um, live
0: up to it. i really love the idea so- it's like screw you here's here's my book
3: exactly. <laughs> i just think that's great but you're that's also awesome.
1: telling us that that um that if we want to get you to do something, we just have to call you out on it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Okay. But, but I have to say it first. So, but
2: yeah.
1: Didn't no, you say you were going to edit though. like five of our books next year? For- I, not. <laughs> <laughs> I like I
0: I feel like I'm probably the opposite. Someone would be like, didn't you say you'd do this? I'm like, you got to know. I'm a pathological liar.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Trevors. I have no integrity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you probably never fell down a well, actually, did you? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that's just his go-to
0: yeah yeah just uh, uh, need the attention (laughs) always starts a conversation yeah yeah
1: (laughs) so yeah so you've been doing the uh, you've been editing longer than you've um, more than you've you've the than than the book right like longer than writing yes yeah wow and then
2: so when I moved to uh, London then I started writing little articles on Medium because again I had said out loud that I wanted to be a writer um and I had some friends come visit London. Like just, we had kind of the the flow of of house guests, which happens when you move to a cool city. People are like, hey, I'm coming to visit you. I'm like, I haven't seen you in 20 years, but yes, come see. (laughs) Um, And it was really good timing because each of the people that came um, at some point of the visit, I would sit them down on my couch and with the food that I'd been feeding them. And I'd say, hey, (laughs) listen, I, I took a chance and I looked at your website, and um, and I want to fix it. I want to just, like, rip out the first page, rewrite it, and put it up again. And, like, I just, I, I want to help you, and I want to get some kind of professional credibility to say that I'm an established editor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and because you're living in my flat for free for this week, you owe me. <laughs> so, so that's how I got my first two clients, and um, and one of them is still, like, an ongoing client that I, I work for them weekly. Um, and that gave me the... the it gave me the professional, yeah. I guess credibility for myself um, to say, you know what? I, I I am a writer, I am an editor. I can do this. And so I started yeah. writing articles about health and fitness, and I posted them on medium, and I kind of branched out that way. And then the NaNoWriMo thing popped up, and I'm like, okay, fine. like it's <laughs> it's only thirty days. like let's just let's just go for it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was an interesting experience, and i didn't I didn't do my research. Beforehand, I took a creative writing class in high school, and I liked it. Uh, we had to do English in university as part of our degree, and I enjoyed it. I believe we did study Jane, Jane Eyre. Um, so we had. There, like, there are two I've, things. i have always that me, uh,
1: it's
0: Jane Eyre and Charles Dickens. <laughs> so ironically we're to- we're gonna talk about Charles Dickens uh, at some point too yeah
2: <laughs> Be- because you love him so much
0: uh no i'm I, I, no, okay. it's I, our christmas it's, episode I know it like <laughs> I'm over here with this this degree in literature and and like You know, I say stuff like, I hate Charles Dickens, and people are like, what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with you? I I, I legit
1: said that to him when he first told me. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with (laughs) you? Yeah, I know, that's right. Uh, And
2: by people, I mean (laughs) um, you. I actually, I read my first Dickens um, only about a year ago. We were, um, Oh wow! I had seen, I had forced my children to watch David Copperfield, I think it was on Amazon Prime. And I was like, you know what, maybe this is okay. And then they brought home, from, from school, it was a, a comic book mm. of Dickens' work and it was, it was cute and so I was like you know what, I'm going to give him a chance because I had tried a few years ago and I just couldn't get past the first page um, <laughs> and I, so I picked up David Copperfield I'm like, I want the biggest one and I was in a, <laughs> in a shack on a pond, it was a school break and it was I think, I could say 14 miles outside of London, so it wasn't far away but it was far enough away that mm. we weren't in the city and I sent the kids out to play in the field um, which, funnily enough, did have donkeys in it, um, and I sat down and I had David Copperfield in a week, and it was incredible. Like he, like Dickens can write. Like he is. He is funny. Oh, he is.
3: No, wise. no
2: We'll talk about this later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come no, back no, and no, I'll, for, I'll have at you on that. No, but, for
3: for
0: real. Like I, I, I agree with you. I I think he's a he's a literary genius. I also just think like I I? can't <laughs> I, I just can't fucking read him.
1: <laughs> so now karen you are a you're an author you have your own website um you are for your editing services right uh where can people yes. find you i think i have a link to you on on sleigh website but where can people find you online for your editing services
2: oh editing uh that would be karen com. okay um i'm i'm active ish on twitter depending on the day at mm-hmm. at kapowfit um that's my, my old fitness days that has uh. <laughs> over. Um, and, yeah, but I, I'm i all over the place.
1: And um, you are about to be one of the co-editors or listed as one of the co-editors for Slayhouse, uh, Tales of Slayhouse 2021.
0: Tales of Slayhouse 2021. Yes.
1: So that well, is how, has that been? how has that been? Because I know you've edited different kinds of work and you've edited, <laughs> of course, you edited my novel yeah. um, yes, to publish yeah. it.
0: Is this your first anthology that you've worked on? Yes. So yeah. yeah, what has the experience been like yeah. for you?
2: Um, well, I think we talked about this the three of us separately, but this is not the the stories that are in the anthology are not my usual go to. Um, I I don't do a lot of short story reading because, um, again, because high school. <laughs> 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 so in in Canada we also have Alice Monroe, who is oh yeah, the, yeah. She's, oh, man. she's the queen of the short story. I love but, her. Again, it it's it wears, like from grade eleven up through like four years of university, it was mm. Alice, Minow, Alice Minow, and they're all like kind of odd and unsettling and disturbing. And I think that's the, the most important quality for a short story is to be unsettling. That's uh, that's kind <laughs> of what I have picked up. Um, so for the anthology to read all these different short stories that are, like they're compact, they're, so, some of them are quite brilliant, but you're just like, holy cow, like getting into people's minds and the plots. Um, mm. I, I found it really fascinating to see what people come up with. But I also, as a, um, as a very picky editor, and now a very picky reader, mm. I'm just like, oh, what would I have done with this plot instead? Mm. And so it's kind yeah. of, it was, it was a bit of a challenge at first to get fully into it, because I'm like, oh, I would have handled this differently, that I'm like, that's yeah. not what we're doing right now. Like, I'm not, <laughs> um, what I'm doing is helping choose stories that fit right. the genre. And so, yeah, so I found that a bit of a challenge at the beginning, but I, I really like the ones we picked.
1: I do yeah. too. I and and I really love because I know you're sharing with my email the or with the editors at Slayhouse email. You're sharing your comments to the the authors that you're working with, and I love your edits. I think they're of course I loved them when you were when you were editing my book. I mean they are just so your insights and your comments and stuff are just so brilliant. I mean you you think of things that. In the moment of writing, I don't think I thought of, or, or some of these authors have thought of, and you present it to the author in such a way that it's not, um, it's not, you know, offensive, right? Like you're you're oh, very you. <laughs> no no. He's thinking about my no. feedback, which is like, highly <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> and I think that's the fear with working with an editor. Like the editor's just going to rip it apart. Well, and I try to
2: do. I try to keep a sense of humor first of all, uh, and so when I'm working with the clients, I don't I don't just edit. I also in things about, that I like or things that it makes me think of. Yeah. So, um, yeah. like, there's one re- recently that I read that I was like, all I want now is Skittles um, because, like, <laughs> like like my like Sarah drinks tea. This person just loves Skittles. I'm just like,
3: oh. Mm.
2: And so going through, I'm just like, damn it, the Skittles again. Um, so there's things that, <laughs> that resonate or things that call back memories or if I have what I consider a funny story about something that's connected, then I'll put a little comment about that. So mm. I enjoy that. But I also... Um, I think when when we write, we're too close to it. And it's, Mm. I call it it the third hand, for me it's a third hand rule, is that when I'm writing something, um, I've got, like she's got like both hands on her face, leaning back, and then she puts her hand on the guy's knee, and you're just like, wait a minute, there's a third hand. And if you're too close (laughs) to the story, if you're the one writing it, you don't count the hands. And so Mm. as an editor coming in for the first time looking at a book, I'm like, wait, so so who's Dave? Like like this is like, we're seven... Like we're seventy pages in.
3: Yeah. Who's
2: Dave? Like how does he just walk in? Um last scene this guy wasn't holding briefcase. There's continuity that, that you won't see. And especially as mm. you kind of cut and paste you like this scene needs to move up in the story, you lose something because there is an introduction of something or an object or a feeling that
3: mm. just
2: doesn't come through. So it's I'm reading it with the reader's eyes. it's like, what do I want to know? What if this doesn't quite make sense to me? do you mean this? Do you mean this? And so I'm looking for clarity and I want,
3: like,
2: Mm. like, I I honestly want it to be the best it can be because I was like, this is, like, the concept is amazing but the execution, like, just, I I actually, there was a a book that was already in print and I, um, Mm -hmm. with lights out and I reached out to the author and the editor and I was like, can I, can you just pull that down for a week? I was like, I will spend the entire week just fixing the punctuation. I said, everything else is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever did the commas needs to be shot. And it
3: was—it it was so like, like,
2: the punctuation was like it was atrocious. And I can't—I can't even no, nobody understands how upset I get about <laughs> punctuation. But this was so much punctuation, You're so bad. Like on now. the first page, just bad punctuation. And so I went through, and I was like, free of charge. Give me an entire week, and it was a 500-page book. <laughs> and I went through, and I was like, I will change nothing else. I will just move commas and, like, like too many m dashes, not well enough semicolons. And it was fantastic. And I came out of it like sweaty. I'm like, woo, time done. <laughs> and they, they we, they sent it out again like as a proper book, and the reviews jumped. People are like, oh, and all I did was move mm. the commas, and like it's just it just yeah. that kind of thing just makes me drives me crazy but also makes me so happy and
1: um yeah that's that's so fascinating you bring that up because i tell that (laughs) to my students like i know seriously i do (laughs) i tell that to my students all the damn time (laughs) so So i guess the important question is i guess the two maybe final kind of important questions that i really want to ask what are you working on next and do you enjoy editing like what you've done with sleigh house and can we keep you Working with us? Like, have we scared you off?
3: <laughs> Do you like us? Do you really like us?
1: Excellent. <laughs> Drumming fingers together.
2: I am going to start with the first question.
1: <laughs>
3: She's never coming
1: back. We scared her off completely.
3: We lost Karen as an audience member. <laughs>
2: uh, you, you're waking up. What? Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, right now, so I did NaNoWriMo uh, this year as well. And that one has been—I I didn't quite—I didn't cross the finish line with that one, and I'm—I'm I'm okay mm. with it. It's—it's it's well underway. It just needs to be shelved, put yeah. and come back to. Um, I wrote something else last year, the year before, that it is—it's in—I'm in the rewriting stage anyway. So it's again human experiences, um, there are autobiographical elements. Pepwood Fo It is going to be, I guess, speculative. I'm on fiction.
1: Board. I'm so ready for it. Again. If you're only going to buy yeah, two so. books this Christmas oh. <laughs> by Ground Control, by Karen Huff, exactly. And or K-A-F, as it says. On the, yeah. Yep. As it says on the cover. And um A Mindful of Scorpions. A Mindful of Scorpions By J.R. Billingsley. J.R. Billingsley. Yeah. By Billingsley. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Excellent. Yes. Yeah. And and to the second question, which we've all successfully avoided. I hope we can keep
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I like you. Oh, there it is. You're fine. I like you. Don't make it weird. All I need is Karen
1: and our (laughs) two Russian (laughs) bots, and I'm on board. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
3: exactly.
1: Karen, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, We really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us today. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I want to remind our audience that we are going to be, we being me, is going to be at StokerCon in May. The Royal Wee. The Royal Wee. <laughs> the, the royal wee. So, uh, so the other four might want to think about somebody joining me because that means I'm representing <laughs> all five of us at StokerCon. And people may not – you guys may not want that. That may not go well. So <laughs> you can follow Karen. Um, she uh, At Fit At Fit. That's right. And you can follow us, SlayHouse, Slay House Um We have Instagram. We have – reddit we have all that good stuff we have our patreon so don't hesitate to come and support our patreon and we've got the anthology coming out this month so we're really excited about that in fact by the time my hope is by the time the episode airs that the book will be out and ready to ready to go
2: that'd be exciting